0: Purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Stay at Home, Mom, with your illustrious host, Leslie Goodgassel, mother to six beautiful daughters, wife to an amazingly hardworking and supportive husband, homeschooler, and homesteader in the making. Join me on this journey, this blessing of what motherhood looks like. Yeah! today's episode of Stay at Home. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I thought I would do a quick episode about why we live in an RV because this is a hard concept for a lot of people to understand and it sounds a little bit crazy when you consider that there are eight people, two dogs, a cat, all living within 300-ish square feet. So we live in a 42-foot fifth wheel we have four slides so our kids have a full bunk house they each have their own bunks with curtains and wallpaper and it's all decorated all decked out for how they like it and we have a main living space and then we have like a master bedroom suite area so it's like a bedroom with a little laundry closet and a bathroom with a shower oh and the girls have a bath, their own bathroom in their bunkhouse, which is amazing. So, we've got two bathrooms. So, it's not too incredibly terrible. It's not really like camping, it's more, you know, like glamping, they would say. So, back to the beginning. About nine years ago, when we were on our very first homestead, um, we were in the north, and my husband kept bringing home animals. You know, we started with chickens, we had some ducks, and then he was like, let's get some goats. And I thought, that's great, but I I just had a baby. And he said one day, hey, we're going to go pick up some goats. So we came home with three goats. And I did not know anything about goats at the time. So we were figuring it out as we went. We were growing food. We were raising bees and goats and chickens and kids, and it was chaos, and it was crazy, and it was loud, and it was busy, and it was fun. And... Me, being a girl who grew up kind of rural, but in a neighborhood, so there I always had neighbors, you know, sidewalks, roads that we could ride our bikes on, roller skate, do all those kinds of things. I was used to living kind of communally, right? You have people around you all the time. There's interaction. There's lots of things happening, and... My husband took me out of the city and he moved me to this homestead and we start building this life and, and doing these things that we we felt like we should do. We didn't really know why. My husband kind of had this impending doom feeling like we should probably learn how to live self-sustainably. So we started taking steps toward that. And that was probably about, well, let's see, we've been together for almost 18 years. So that was probably 16 years ago. It was about a year into our marriage that he said, you know, we really need to start working towards this. And it took us a good eight years just to get to that point. So we started pushing that way. We started doing those things. We learned so much. We learned how to grow certain food in our soil. We learned how to amend soil, how to can. Uh, we had grapevines, so we were making our own jams. And we had every tree on the property was edible in some way, shape, or form. Herbally, we had basswood. We had hazelnut. We had hickory nut. We had walnut. Um, apples, pears, cherry. It was this beautiful little two and a half acre paradise that we called Goody Girls Hobby Farm. And we learned so many things. But not only did we learn a lot, I absolutely fell in love with farming. I never imagined in all of my days that I would want to be a farmer. I always had dreams and aspirations of becoming a lawyer and having a home in the mountains and a home in the city. And just, you know, I wanted to be this big extravagant life. I didn't picture having a ton of kids or even getting married. And here I was married with six children and farming and finding myself in this state of complete joy and satisfaction and fulfillment that I had never found before. And one winter (laughs) while we were trying to milk a goat and it was very cold outside. I looked at my husband and said, I can't feel my fingers and I want to farm and I can't keep doing that in this state. We need to find some place where farming is a little bit more sustainable for us with a large family. We need longer growing seasons. I need to be able to milk my goats and still be able to feel my fingers when I'm finished. (laughs) So we started searching And we went kind of through, like, the whole belt of the U.S. from the East Coast to the middle of the states. And I discovered I don't like mountains. So, Tennessee, Kentucky... Not real good for me. North Carolina, South Carolina, you know, it's mountains and oceanfront. And that just, that didn't jive. That didn't fit well. And we had friends in Missouri and they're like, well, have you ever considered moving to Missouri? And I was like, nah, it's Missouri. It's Missouri. Like, it sounds like misery, right? Nobody wants to live in a state that sounds like misery. That sounds horrible. So we decided, because we had both lived in Texas, James and I, that we were going to drive to Missouri because we've driven through it and James refused to move to move back to Texas even though I loved Texas and we were going to just visit because our kids had never seen it so we came and we visited in the fall of 2019 and we fell in love to the point that we actually went home finished working on our old farmhouse that we lived in to put it on the market and of course COVID hit which kind of threw everything in a whirlwind But that first time we were down here in Missouri and we had met with a realtor and he was showing us properties and he said, you know, what you really ought to do is just put all your stuff in storage, get in an RV and come down here and, you know, just live in your RV (laughs) until you know for sure where you want to be. And I looked at my husband and I said, there is no way I am living in an RV. That will not happen. I make all of our food from scratch. I spend 90% of my time in our kitchen. I, I can't do that in an RV. That's not going to be sustainable for us. That is not even a possibility. And so we went home. We put in an offer on a property contingent on the sale of our property. It was declined. I was really bummed, but I thought, you know what? I have faith. And I know that scripture says that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can tell this mountain to be uprooted and thrown into the sea. Just pick yourself up, go get in that sea. And so I thought, I'm just going to stand on my faith, and I'm going to trust that the Lord knows the desires of my heart. And I believe that He put those there because they've completely changed since I've walked with Him. And I'm going to trust that He has a way, and I'm just going to go with it. And so we put our house on the market after our state kind of partially reopened, and it sold within a couple weeks, and we drove down to Missouri to find property, and we were here for six days. We drove 1,200 miles around the southwest corner of the state, and we found nothing. We found a couple properties that we were like, yeah, we could live there, but nothing that really felt like home. And so, I went home with tears in my eyes and just crying out to the Lord saying, Yahweh, I don't know what you have planned for us, but I know this is going to be a lot harder than I anticipated. I mean, it's not an easy thing to back up your whole family and move halfway across the country to begin with. But I knew, I knew that I knew that our entire family felt like Missouri was to be our home. So it was a worthy venture. So we went home. We found an RV. Maybe I should back up even a little bit more because before this, we actually bought a school bus that we were gonna, we were going to convert into a schoolie, which would have worked. You know, we raised the roof. James cut the roof of it off. We raised it 18 inches. We put bunks in there. We put like a master suite. We were, we had a roughed-in bathroom, and we needed to finish it. Well, when we went through our selling process, I guess, and we came to the agreement of when we were going to close and how many days we had after closing, we realized we we were only given nine days from closing to get out of our house. And because of COVID, we had zero help. So it was James and myself and our six girls, and we had to unload a 2,200-square-foot house, a six-car garage, And a 40 by 60 hayloft barn. And they were all full. And we had animals that we needed to find. We needed to rehome goats. We needed to get things situated. So we realized very quickly that we were not going to have enough time to finish that schoolie And get everything moved out of our house and into storage and sold. And everything that we needed to do in the nine days that we had. So we did find an RV for sale. It was kind of a miracle because the lady had just listed it. James called. We went and looked at it. She said she would hold it until we closed. And we were able to pay cash for it, which was amazing. So we sold our house and we bought a tiny house on wheels. He said, with the goal of it taking three to six months to find our next place. We were certain that once we got down here, once we, you know were able to drive around every day and look for things, we'd certainly find something. Boy, were we wrong (laughs) with the climate and everything that was going on in the world at the time. It just wasn't as easy as it seemed. So we put in 21 offers in the first 10 months that we lived in Missouri. And that whole time, yes, we are living in an RV and we moved actually a few times in that process. We came down to the only park that had been open in the winter because we came in the end of October and it was the only one that was open because we were coming for the winter. We came down at the end of October. We sold in July. James was finishing a couple houses and then we were heading down as soon as everything was finished. And so we moved down at the end of October, We and this was the only park that was open all year round. We were there for a little bit. He did some work at that park, which was nice. Um, things didn't work out so great, so we had to move to a new park. We were there for a few months. Then we moved to a different park. And while we were at that third park, we realized that we were getting exhausted. It was getting very troubling and very exhausting, driving around and looking for properties all the time. So we got to the point where, you know, we're praying and we're asking and we're believing and we're standing on our faith and we're not really hearing anything. And I called one of my really good friends because I I just needed her to pray with me or pray for us because we were getting really discouraged at this point. Um, putting in so many offers and just feeling like nothing was going to happen. And she stopped and she said to me, you know, when the students are taking a test, the teacher's always silent. And I thought, that is so true. And I don't know how being a teacher and being a homeschool mom, that I wouldn't equate that with the situation that we were going through. We made a decision when we bought this RV and we moved halfway across the country. We made a very cognitive decision to walk by faith, not by sight, not by what we could see, feel, touch, hear, smell, taste, none of it. We were purely walking by faith. We were putting all of our hope, all of our trust, all of our entire life in the hands of a creator that we can't see. And there are times when you do that, that it makes you feel really alone and it makes you feel lost because sometimes it's not super tangible and, and it gets kind of exhausting doing the same thing and trying to figure out what you're supposed to be doing. And, that reminded me that if I'm in my word every day and I'm praying every day, like I'm supposed to be, which, you know, it's not demanded of me to do that. Nobody is forcing me to do it, but I know for me, for my spirit, for my soul, for who I am, that is my food and my water. And that's what sustains me. That's the foundation of my life. And when I don't, put that foundation there, everything around me kind of starts to crumble. Oh and so, God. when I was reminded that sometimes in the middle of our, time our time test, time our time teacher time. is going to be completely silent. You know, I can ask some questions and I might get an answer, but it's a test, right? I'm It's testing my faith at this point. And I put myself in that position to take this test. You know, there's a scripture that talks about how the Lord doesn't test us because he doesn't need to test us, but we put ourselves in positions where where we're being tested and it tests our fortitude and our strength and our perseverance, right? And so that's where we were and that's where we found ourselves. And in the same time, you know, we've been really talking a lot to our kids about, where we're going and what we want to do and how this looks for our family and making sure that our family is as united as we can possibly be. Because this is a tough decision. You know, it's not just tough for us as parents. It's tough for my kids. They went from 2,200 square feet where they, you know, had their own rooms or a couple shared their rooms to them all sharing one bunkhouse. That's not a small thing for kids who are 16, 13, 12, 12, 10, and 7. That's not a big, that's not small. That's big. That's really, really big for them. And it's very sacrificial. And we understand the magnitude of the sacrifice we're asking them to do and to take on as children. So they've been involved this whole time. And I'm talking to my kids one day about how we are good stewards of the things we're given it doesn't matter how big or how small you know we had a larger home and a little bit of acreage and animals and things that we were tending before and now we just have this tiny little thing and we don't have anything of our own to tend but just this tiny little thing just this little rv our little house on wheels and our couple animals and it's still vital that we put as much care and take as much time to tend that as we did when we had more. And the Lord started opening doors for us that we couldn't have opened on our own. And there is no other way to explain it other than His complete 100% provision of our family based on our faith. And... Doors opened here, and doors opened there, and doors closed in other places, and we've literally just walked that line of faith. Now, my family thought we were absolutely insane for doing what we're doing, and every decision we make, we are leaning on our faith, and we are trusting that we are making the right decisions for our family because it's a hard decision to sacrifice everything that you know, everything that's comfortable. We have no family at all, anywhere near us. All of our families in Michigan, every single one of them, our parents, our siblings, our aunts, our uncles, our cousins, everyone that we know and we've always known is, you know, a good 12 hours away from us. But now that we have found a property and we are working it and we are doing the things that we have envisioned doing for so long, no place has felt more like home than this. And even though living in an RV is not easy and it's very challenging, we are still able to make it work and it blows my mind daily and actually yesterday... I was on the phone with my sister and she brought tears to my eyes because she said, I am so proud of you. I cannot believe how well you are doing what you are doing. Like this is no small thing. This is a big thing. And for me, I don't think about it because we're, we're just living right. We're going day to day, just doing the things we need to do to live and enjoy our lives. And she said, you know, it's, It's a really big deal that you are able to keep your family of eight in this place, in this tiny little house, and you guys have sustained it for over two years. And you bake your food from scratch still. You do things to bless other people. And you are doing everything you can to live life to the fullest. And that is an incredible thing. And she made me cry because I don't. I don't look at our life and think about that. I don't look at our life and think we do such incredible, remarkable things because in my mind, I'm always thinking, oh, we need to do this and this is the next thing we need to do. And, you know, looking at the things that we have and being so thankful and humbled and blessed beyond measure that we do have the desires of our heart. We do have the things that we want in our lives but we always want more. There's always something else that we're going after. There's always something more that we're trying to achieve or learn and grow in. And so I don't ever look at our lives and think that we have attained anything necessarily. I'm looking at it like we have so much further to go still. And so it was incredibly humbling to hear her say that. And it felt like a warm hug. I don't know how I was, I'm trying to think of the words to describe it, but it just, it felt like a warm hug to hear my sister say that she was proud of me, that we were doing what we've been doing when we came up against a lot of opposition before we did it. So anyway, that is how we came to be in our RV. That is how we came to be where we are today. And I know there will be a day that we will look back and we will be like, remember when we lived in the RV and remember how difficult this and that and this other thing was? And Can you imagine doing that now? (laughs) But we survived and we didn't just survive. There are moments where I feel like, yes, we are just surviving. We are just barely getting by. And then there are moments where we are thriving and things are going so much better than I ever imagined. And I am so thankful for this time that we have had in this tiny little house, even though it doesn't look the way I expected it to look. It doesn't feel the way I expected it to feel. I am thankful that I was willing and I was open and I was able to just walk by faith and not be constrained by my own ideas, my own own thoughts of how life should look and what a home should be. Because a home really truly is wherever your family is, however you make it. As a mother, we make our home for our children. So I am convinced whether I live in a cardboard box, I live in a house on wheels, or I live in a sticks and bricks home. If my children are with me, that is going to be my home. And I'm so thankful that I get to call myself their mom. So I hope you enjoyed this little tale (laughs) and all of the constant interruptions (laughs) that came along with it. And I hope you have an incredibly blessed day and continue to work at being a Proverbs 14 woman who builds her house and does not tear it down with her own hands.